0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Are back for another edition of Believe in 49ers presented by the Believe Podcast Network and Bet Online. I am your host, Tommy Call the Third. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy underscore III, triple I for the third. And you can catch all of my written work about the Niners. Via USA Today's Niners Wire, a ton of content up on Niners Wire today. A ton of opinions, takes, whatever you want to call it, from the game. Sorry, I've been a bit tapped out here on Believe in 49ers. I've been super sick the last 10 or so days. Got COVID while traveling over the holiday to Dallas. Then my daughter and wife got it. I have an eight-month-old, and it's kind of her first time getting sick, and she's still kind of fighting it. But anyways, thank you for bearing with me here on Believe in 49ers. But I couldn't stay away, even though I'm a little stuffy. Got a little congestion still. Hopefully you guys can't hear it. But I couldn't stay away for a day like today. What a day of football, starting with the college football playoff reveal to the Chiefs losing to the Packers on Sunday night football. But more importantly, in the middle of all that, the San Francisco 49ers dropped an absolute haymaker against Rocky and the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday in knockout fashion, 42-19. Yes, 42-19. But before we get into all that, an immediate reaction from the 49ers' absolute beatdown win over the Eagles on Sunday afternoon with a kick. Quick shout out to our friends over at Bet Online. The holiday season is often rolling with the NFL in full stride, and the NBA and NHL hitting mid-season form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all sports wagering info, with up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four, Bet online has info available for at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played, from MMA to international soccer. And I, I love sprinkling a little, if there's a big fight night on or if there's a big EPL game in the morning and I don't got anything planned, I love sprinkling a little action on both of those two things. Don't know a whole ton about either one to be smart enough to be, you know, sprinkling on it, but it's just fun. It gets the action going. Head over to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE B L E A V for your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Fitting cuz here's where we are going to start. Let's talk about everything that happened immediately after the 49ers-Eagles game. Usually I'll wait a few days, watch some replays, see the PFF grades, see what kind of the narrative of the game are, listen to the coaches are. But this was such a big one. I had to jump in and give you guys an immediate reaction. So I'm just shooting it from the hip here, going in raw with the Post-game, 49ers-Eagles, 42-19. I'm just going to talk about some of the players that stood out, some of the position groups that stood out, some of the things we liked, maybe some of the things we didn't like from the game this afternoon, and starting off with Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy stays sharp again. It was a slow, slow start for the 49ers offense. On Sunday, it looked like they were in trouble. It looked like the Eagles were trying their best to take away Christian McCaffrey and daring Brock Purdy to beat them through the air. And for a second, it looked like the environment, the crowd, that situation was a little too big for Purdy. However, he came back in a big way and just looked calm, cool, and collected. Regardless of the 300 yards, regardless of the four touchdown passes, it was his demeanor that impressed me most. He looked chill. He looked like he belonged there. Never rattled. Delivered strike after strike after strike. And just looked like calm, cool Brock Purdy, the quarterback that we have learned about here in the Bay Area over the last year and a half, or whatever you want to call it. And the 49ers, you know, we, we love to joke around with the nicknames for Brock Purdy here on Believe in, Believe in 49ers. They didn't need backyard Brock in this one. They didn't need the gunslinger throwing it all over the yard. They needed point guard Brock because the playmakers were turned up on Sunday. They needed BP, like AI, or Brock Curry. Or, who's one of the best passers ask, assist, you know, getters in the league right now? Tyrese Halliburton, Brock Halliburton? Hallibrockton? Brockton? Doesn't sound good. Um, But Brock just sat back, took what the Eagles offense gave him, and let his playmakers do the heavy lifting. He didn't force anything. He rightfully belongs in the MVP conversation after today. Say what you want about the weapons, help from guys like Debo Samuel, B.A., Christian McCaffrey. Purdy has arrived, and he absolutely belongs in the MVP conversation. He's done everything. What more could he do? I think knocking or, you know, uh, watering down certain players because of the people around them or the competition they face. It's just like looking to pick an argument to try to find something that's perfect. And what's great about the NFL and this conversation is that it isn't perfect. If we all agreed on who would be MVP, it would just be kind of boring um so finding, you know, having your argument for it, and I think Brock Purdy deserves to be in that conversation. Absolutely. I mean, I'd say just off the top of my head, I think, you know, Dak, Tua, Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, even after this loss, those guys all deserve to be in it. It's pretty much a quarterback award. Tyreek Hill, Christian McCaffrey, I mean, those kind of guys all deserve. To have their names thrown around in that conversation I'm sure I'm missing a guy or two don't yell at me in your car right now if you're if you're thinking of somebody that I forgot but again Brock Purdy ultra sharp I don't think the story of this game is absolutely about him because of other plays and different things that happen but that might be the best case scenario that might be the best situation That it wasn't about him. That he just stood and delivered and connected time and time again. 19 completions, over 300 yards, four touchdown passes. And still, we're looking at this game after it said, Joe. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much Brock Purdy, you know, talk about credit or whatever you want to say. He's not the headliner in this. Debo Samuel is. And there's just something about Debo in a big game. I mean, he brings the moxie, he circles this, he gets it. He taught with the full black leather fit, the Air Force Ones, the black Air Force Ones before the games. He understands what these type of atmosphere and what these wins middle of the season, he gets up for them in a big way. It's almost kind of reminds you of like that edge that Draymond Green can bring to the Warriors in certain big time matchups. And I know they've been playing bad, obviously, and that might not be a good comparison at this moment, but... During the heyday, Draymond just brought an edge to the Warriors that was hard to describe. And I think what Debo Samuel does for this team, we're not even talking about the stats and what he did on the field yet, just the edge when 19 is out there on the field, what he does to opposing defenses, defensive coordinators, it just brings an attitude to the 49ers that little players can bring across the entire NFL. And There's been a lot of chatter and back and forth, and Debo Samuel's name has been at the center of a lot of it with the Eagles since the 49ers lost last year in the NFC Championship. Samuel backed all the talk up in a big way on Sunday. I mean... For Niners Wire, I write kind of like a social media reaction, and I kind of see what everybody was saying about the game, and I just finished that up, and I thought one of my favorite tweets, and I don't have it right here in front of me, so I'm going to butcher it here, but whoever tweeted this, shout out to you because it was really good. It was saying that Debo had one of the best, like, back up the, t- the trash talk games in recent sports history, and I completely agree because there was so much chatter and Debo Samuel absolutely shredded the Eagles' defense, and let's just be honest, most of it was on his own, taking you know, two separate passes over the middle of the field from Brock Purdy and just weaving through tackles, one screen, through the Philadelphia defense, breaking tackle after tackle. I mean, guys were just bouncing off of him. He racked up 116 yards on four receptions with two touchdowns, to go along with three carries for 22 yards and a touchdown on the ground for the hat trick. And a game with so much just trash talk writing on it that meant so much to both of these fan bases and clearly to the players. He had 116 yards and three touchdowns. A hat trick in that type of moment. I mean, what a game for Debo Samuel. What a player. Like I said, the edge and attitude he brings in these moments, every time he's really on the field, is just a different level. And as good as Brandon Ayuk's been, as good as George Kittle has been, and we're going to talk about some of those other pass catchers here in a second, Debo just has that edge. That is just, it's different. And if you've played sports or if you watch a lot of this team, you kind of are understanding what I'm talking about right now because it's hard to put to words but if you watch the 49ers play when Debo is at his peak it is just a different team and now to one of the weirder things I think you'll see not only this season but just watching sports in general I don't know about you guys but I mean one of the first times I've seen something like this Dre Greenlaw versus Dom Big Dom Eagles Dom whatever you want to call him Kind of turned into a little celebrity there for a second. Dre Greenlaw found himself at the center of one of the biggest moments of the game on Sunday after Jalen Hurts completed a little pass to DeFonte Smith down the sideline. Greenlaw arrived and, you know, did suplex him and slammed him to the ground. And it was, you know, an unnecessary hit. And the Philadelphia sideline quickly came to defend Smith Including a member of their security team. This is not a coach. This isn't a trainer. This is a member of the security team that is around Nick Siriani. Comes and gets in the face of Dre Greenlaw. They start going back and forth. And whatever you want to call it, not punches, but pokes. And Greenlaw made contact with. Dom DeSandro is his name. And both Dre Greenlaw and DeSandro were ejected from the game. And the 49ers are given a personal foul. Not only was Dre Greenlaw ejected, but a, secu- a you know a security guard. I don't know, I don't want to, you know, take shine away from this guy's job or role or whatever he because I'm not familiar for it. I'm not going to pretend like I know everything that he does. But, I mean, this is a staff member of the security squad, the, the head of it, whatever you want to call it. I mean, gets involved in a game. I mean, while the incident, in my opinion, is not a good look for Dre Greenlaw, and, you know, it resulted in the 49ers losing one of their starting linebackers for the remainder of the game, it's hard to explain how a member of the security staff was in a position to get involved with the player in the game. I don't know how a guy like that, you know, Feels the need to put himself in the center of all this. I mean, these things happen. Personal fouls happen. Late hits happen. It wasn't anything obnoxiously dirty, where a security guard gets involved. A, a, you know, a regular dressed dude in Eagles gear on the sideline gets in the face of an actual player in the game. You know, I just i think it's kind of embarrassing and if you're the nfl i don't know really how you put him on the sideline next week i don't know how he you know he keeps his field sideline access because if nothing happens on his end where you know dre greenlaw is going to obviously you know ejected from a game it kind of encourages this type of behavior like what if that something like that happens again like how far does he go like At what point do you go, oh, this is advantageous to get a player ejected from a game? Like it's it was a very bizarre situation. I still think Dre Greenlaw absolutely needs to keep his cool so he can stay on the field where he's incredibly valuable and he's kind of towed that line a few times, and it's definitely something he has to work on, and because he just is such a key part of that 49ers defense. Um but yeah, it was such a bizarre, I don't even really know how to put words to it, because it was such a weird situation, and I'm interesting to see how it plays out this week with some of the big talking heads, and what everybody's opinion of it, because, you know, you, you pop on Twitter after it happened, and it kind of seemed like this guy, Dom, was turning into a hero overnight, but it's just a, again, a, just a weird, bizarre situation, in my opinion. Um, something you will, I don't know if you'll ever see again, to be honest, but back to the good. Let's talk about the good here. The 49ers pass catchers, we talked about Debo Samuel. Nearly every member <coughs> excuse me, nearly every member of the 49ers passing game got involved on Sunday. With 19 of Brock Purdy's completions for 314 yards, Pur- Purdy distributed the ball all over the yard against the Eagles. Everybody got involved. Samuel, George Kittle, Jawan Jennings, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey all had... Three or more catches for 40 or more yards against the Eagles. Purdy found multiple pass catchers that handled business. Multiple members of the pass game came up with big yards after the catch. Talk about Samuel. Juwan Jennings broke tackles, threw a guy into the sideline. Good thing Dom wasn't anywhere near. He might have gone on the field and made the tackle. But Juwan Jennings, you know, tossed Eli Ricks into the sideline as he sprinted to the end zone for a touchdown. I mean everybody was involved. I thought just dynamic playmakers we talked about Purdy distributing the basketball being the point the football excuse me being the point guard out there and it's absolutely what he did in a big way again on Sunday and everybody I mean there was no really weak link in that passing game. everybody helped out. It was a very well oiled machine. Again back to something you know I'm just going off the top like I said we're having an immediate reaction here. Nick Bosa Chase Young. Another relatively quiet performance from the two. Again, this is Sunday. You only watch the game live. Sometimes pressures and you know the havoc that defensive linemen can create, like Bosa and Young, can be tough to see live. It has to be kind of, you know, something you filter through on film uh, to see their true impact. But to me, they were quiet. You know, they were dealt a tough matchup. And some of the clips on Twitter of, you know, Lane Johnson versus Nick Bosa literally looked like a fight in a telephone booth. It was gladiator behavior. A friend of mine texted me during the game saying, you know, Lane is dominating Bosa. I was like, man, he kind of does that to a lot of guys. I mean, it's kind of par for the course for him. That's why he's an all pro and one of the best in the league and has been for years on years and years. But anyways, I'm interested in seeing it kind of like what the pre- PFF grades, the pressure rates and different things like that were on film because it did feel like that the 49ers defensive line was able to cause some pressure. And obviously a lot of that would have to do with two of their best pass rushers like Bosa and Young. Um, but, you know, again, just I guess when the sacks don't aren't there for a guy like Bosa who are so, you know, I don't think sacks are everything. Um, we've talked about that here. But I think we're so used to seeing Bosa pile up sack after sack after sack that, you know, when he doesn't get one, it's like, oh, what happened? Was he involved in this game? But again, you know, kind of still waiting for that big breakout performance from Chase Young. And I think the, the defensive line, the pass just that front four that's, you know, been highly, highly, you know, paid has been really good during this little win streak they've had. And so to see them kind of not be as involved, I think defensively, um, it's just something that stood out to me and it's something I wanted to mention here on the podcast. Um, But also in the same breath, the 49ers run defense, nasty on Sunday, one of their best performances of the season against the run, against one of the better running teams in the NFL. The Eagles run game was non-existent on Sunday. DeAndre Swift and Jalen Hurts we quiet, quiet on the ground throughout the contest. Swift posted only 13 yards. 13 yards on six carries against the 49ers. His lowest total since week one against the New England Patriots. I do have him in fantasy football, so that did hurt. But just a dominant performance from the 49ers defense. And Hurts tacked on only 20 yards on the ground. As the Eagles' leading rusher, 20 yards. What if I told you that last week? What if I told you that on Saturday? That the Eagles' leading rusher would only have 20 yards? What would you say the score would be? 42 to 19? I mean, maybe. As a team, the Eagles rushed for only 46 total yards, their lowest rushing output since 2018. The 49ers have only recorded four games. I mean, excuse me. The Eagles have only... Recorded four games all season without eclipsing at least 100 yards rushing as a team prior to Sunday 59 yards against the commanders was their season low I thought this was a pretty interesting little nugget that my guy Kyle Madsen my friend over at Niners wire Posted on Twitter. He said there were zero third down conversions on the ground For the Eagles on Sunday. They're two First downs that were completed on the ground through rushing was the tush-push touchdown and Marcus Mariota's fourth down tush-push conversion. Late in the game when Jalen Hurts exited, the Eagles' longest run was a seven-yard scramble from Hurts. That all came to you from Kyle Madsen of Niners Wire, Candlestick Chronicles podcast. I'm sure you've listened to it. But yeah, I mean just a dominant performance. I mean, that might be your game ball winner. That might be the thing that was the most impressive from this game. Talking about Debo Samuel, reading it over here to you guys and talking about it. I mean, that is very, very impressive. And if you can squeeze that in a you know, in a playoff game in January, if you can roll this into the final four, you know, final quarter of the season, quarter and a half of the season. That could be an absolutely outstanding weapon to have in the back pocket of the 49ers. Steve Wilkes, take a bow. Awesome performance. And then a quick shout out. We're wrapping things up here. Rapid response, rapid reaction to the 49ers. 42-19 win over the Eagles on the Believe in 49ers podcast. I want to give a big shout out to the 49ers offensive line. I mean, you talk about Bosa and Young being quiet. Hassan Reddick's name was barely mentioned on Sunday. Debo Samuel broke his ankles like they were on the hardwood on the end-around touchdown he had. I mean, Purdy consistently had the time to stand there and fire and hit his targets. Then on the goal line, running behind Trent Williams is always a good idea. He paved the way for Christian McCaffrey to punch in that touchdown before halftime in the second quarter. Big shout out to the 49ers offensive line. I actually wanted to write about them today, but just haven't had time yet because I thought it was a very impressive performance from the 49ers guys up front as a whole. And that might be it for us here on Believe in 49ers. Um, What a game. I want to talk more, but I need to see the game over again and I would probably start talking about the college football playoff if we kept going here. But enjoy this one, 49er fans. You absolutely deserve it. Soak it up, especially if you're a Golden State Warrior basketball fan because it could be a long season at Chase Center. Hey, but at least they got a few days off to really soak this one up. We will be back shortly here on Believe in 49ers with a preview of the 49ers division game against Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks with a chance to clinch the NFC West right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Please subscribe to the pod and stay tuned for our next episode. Hit me on Twitter if you want to talk some ball. Got a take on a player in the NFL draft or got a good prop bet I need to look at. I will always ride with my Believe in 49ers listeners. Thank you to our sponsor, Bet Online. I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Believe and 49ers.